All right. This is me. This is you. This is us in this exact very moment. You guys good with yourself? Okay. You at peace? You at rest? Or does only trouble come? Because if I struggle with me in the now, Job says trouble's going to come. I have no rest, I have no peace, only trouble comes. I can live like that, and those are the lower emotions. What are the lower emotions? Give me some examples. Shame. Shame. Fear. Guilt. Fear. Guilt. Anger. Condemnation. Anger. Judgment. Apathy. We know those. Apathy. Judgment. Somebody said, what, brokenness? Did I hear too? Is, Is brokenness an emotion or is it a state of being? I'm curious because, Linda, you brought it up. I think it can be both. Okay. Anybody else want to comment? Emotion. It's an emotion? I think you can feel broken. I think it also can come from some of the other You can emotions. also be broken. Yeah, I think yeah. it can be both. Yeah. Helpless. Helpless. I think helpless. Yeah. A hopeless. Hopeless, hopeless. Yeah, those kind of fall under apathy, but yeah, they're very... Boy, look how start. fast we can come up with all of these. Yeah, right? right? <laughs> and what does that say? We've lived them out in our lives, right? At, at some points in time, we've walked through this. I would say you could put, the like Ron said, the 95%. That is what the 95% represents. 95% operating at the subconscious level? I would say. And it drives, doesn't it? Yeah. What, what's yeah. the drive? The drive is for what? To be better. To be better. The drive is to be better. To be worthy. So it drives. We want to be better. We want to be worthy. Or we want to be whole. We, we want, want to be, be accepted. Whole. Accepted. Successful. Successful. Complete. Complete. And those are very powerful drives. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. But think about it. There is so much energy that goes into sustaining life when you're in this mode. Because, you know, remember, I think I, I might have told you one time, I had, this, I had this prophetic word one time where a guy saw me in the basement and he saw me repairing this wall and then repairing that wall and then repairing this wall and then repairing that wall and going back and repairing that wall. Well, that was just exhausting listening to it. <laughs> but it was an actor for. Persp- description of what was going on in my life because I was driven out of so much of this I wanted to break out into freedom I wanted freedom but because I really didn't know who I was in that moment it was elusive I would say ego is also another one down ego? yeah well Aaron would call that whole thing ego I guess okay Yeah. And up top, we strive for love. We're driven to be loved. Yeah. 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 So 
striving for love. And another way to describe that lower emotion is to say it's a lower energy. A lower energy, yes. Yes. The wave actually goes, it's very long. Yeah. What, What I have found as I'm becoming more aware of these emotions and the lower energy because of the, all of those emotions, I mean, they drain our energy. Yeah. And so, so there are some days when I'm like, I am so tired. Right. What? Then I, I notice the tiredness before I notice the emotion. That's perfect. And so when I, that's like a red flag to me that, okay, I'm really tired. Why am I tired? What emotion am I holding on to? What emotion do I need to acknowledge and let go of, or, mm-hmm. you know, so that yeah. I'm not trying to... And when I'm operating out of lower energy, lower emotions, and I feel like something's wrong, what it has done is it's blocked the true identity. I lose touch with my true identity. And that may have happened years and years and years and years and years ago. Without even with focus again, Terry, right? Your focus is on something that is not true. Yes. Yes, because all of these deny who we really are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, it's a programmed pattern after a while. Sure Becomes a habit to live here. So to break out of this, to come, come into reality of who I truly am, is often the call that the Holy Spirit says, hey, wait a minute, this is who you are, Mary. Another one is victimization. Yes. That's a huge one. That's a big one. Because victimization actually gives you a feeling. Um, it actually moves some of your hormones to give you a certain addictive feeling. So that one is very, very dangerous in that you have to, uh, it's an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. It, Go ahead. And living like that, if it's 95%, after a while, that becomes very comfortable. Sure. Because you don't know anything else. Oh, sure. And then someone... Go ahead. You wonder why you're like that. Yeah. Because you don't want to be like that because you know that that's not who you really are. But it becomes comfortable. And then someone comes along and tries to say, no, that's not who you are. And you go, well, wait a minute. That's my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to change that because it is comfortable. And it's scary to move out of and it. it right? Yes. Because sometimes the fear you are in is more comfortable than it's the familiar. freedom. Exactly. Yeah. Right? It's familiar. Because you get afraid you know, of free, freedom. Freedom seems more scary than the fear you already know. And, and how many of us, as we started moving out of law, mixed law and grace, into pure grace, we felt like we were walking off the cliff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was scary. Yeah. It was scary. I I remember the day I put up the wily coyote walking off the cliff, and she freaked. For weeks, she talked about that. (sighs) You know? That's exactly how I Uh, felt. Nothing to stand on. Pretty sure there's a coyote under that boulder. (laughs) Yes, sir. When we talk about victimization, that really made me think about the duality of being a survivor. You know, oh, I can survive through this. This, You know, I'll, I'll make it through this month. Or 
I'm a survivor and I will make it through this mud puddle to the other side. There's a duality in that one that I think is... It goes back to the perspective, like he's talking about. Yeah. It's your perspective when you're looking at the situation. Yeah. And hope, true hope becomes hard to grasp. There is no hope for me because I've lived here so long. I can't see... You know, I can't see the forest from the trees anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm locked. It's mud. Yeah. I don't know what it is that's making me bad. Feel so bad. Yeah. I feel lost. Sharon. I think the other thing too is when you're in that, you feel powerless. <coughs> oh, yeah. there you so go. When you um, feel that way, and if you're looking at God or whatever is um, outside of us. Then you feel you like go. that yep. hopelessness. You, it's like, well, I can't. Nothing's ever going to change. It's always going to be hard because no one's coming to rescue me. Yes. Carol. And if we have that outside God concept, we're at his mercy. But see, we don't see him as being very merciful. Right. We see like, okay, well, for some reason he's making me go through this. No, <coughs> he's very loving. Then you get back to the lag bolts, like you were talking about. What was it that taught us that he is not fully loved towards us? Yes. And those are the things that we have to address also, or we can't undig that stuff. I think part of it is because we're taught that we don't really have a, I mean, even though we have a choice, free will to accept him, we don't seem to have a choice in how we live our life. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to wait and see what he says. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you don't realize you have any power to make any change in yes. the way you think. Yes. Bring it. Keep going. There's so more of that. Like, well, it's like... <laughs> it's like you just don't even know that you're capable, so you just kind of give you, up. You don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You give up. You don't care. And what, then you get that what about me lack mentality. Yeah. yeah. What am I, chop liver? You know, why does everybody why else does he get do success? Why does do it for everybody but me? Where's your yeah. self-esteem here? Yeah. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> it's pretty non-existent, isn't it? You, you, and you judge yourself as unworthy. You judge yourself as a chunk of scubula, translated crap, translated S-H-I-T for those of you. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be real around here. You can say it. Sure. So the other thing that was, so something that's been interesting to me this week is I'm in this group and they're doing that um, memory verse and it's the first, or I don't know what verse it is, it's, but that one that we all know, if my people turn from their wicked ways oh. and heal their land. I've been contemplating that, and I'm like, you know, it's interesting because the way we're looking at it, the land is our heart. Right. So uh -huh. if we turn, if we as people turn from our wicked ways, what are our wicked ways? It's that. It's yeah. the mindset of separation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then he will heal our heart and heal uh, our land, yeah. and then the crops will change and the harvest will come. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's good. Go, go to... Um, did you share that with them? I'm going to share that. Some, do it. Someone look up Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. You know, another thing down there is separation in that 95%. Deuteronomy what? Chapter 30, verse 19. This is going to dovetail with what she just said. Well, this is the nearly inspired version. So. Well, we'll give you a pass for the moment. I'll <laughs> this see if I day like it. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. 
Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. Now take what you just said, Sharon. What are we called to do based on what you just said? Choose Choose life. life. Choose life. And you know, in the midst of this, that can be the hardest thing I can ever do. It is. But but somehow, if I can just get inspired enough to say, God, I choose life, things begin to open. Carol? Well, and even to step, one step before that is, okay, I'm willing to be willing to choose life. Is that, that willingness will open. You have to make the choice to do that. And sometimes that choice is, I'm willing to do it differently. I'm willing to choose. Like, like forgiveness. I mean, when you've been hurt so bad and you've been treated so wrong, and the thought of forgiving a person is so no way. And then I remember saying, okay, God, I, I'm willing to be willing to forgive, but you're going to have to step in this and walk it out. And, yeah. and it's amazing how just that little bit of willingness that we will acknowledge how that will open things up. That yes. will move us forward into the higher emotions. And I don't have to figure out how to get there. That's the right. beauty of what we're learning. It's right. Holy Spirit, Trinity, releases us and draws us into that. I don't have to sit there and use brain power and energy to go, well, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this, da, 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 and then I'm still exhausted. So I just... I don't have to make it happen. Let me go to Sharon first and then back to Mary. So in Corinthians somewhere, um, it says, like, the moment you turn your heart to the Lord, and the Lord I'm speaking of is the Holy Spirit, there is freedom. And I feel like it's not even words. It's just a heart shift to even maybe be willing to look a different way. I don't think it's a major thing. Yeah. And he kind of unfolds it. Yeah. Mary. Well, I... Uh, I wish Aaron were here because he could make this comment much more adroitly than me. But I was helping him with his paper today, and he's talking about counseling. And the first thing the person does is they come and they present the problem, and then they, and then he, in the, in his paper he talks about how as the counselor you have to allow the person to experience the pain, to say the pain, to speak about the pain, not because you're wanting them to rehearse it or anything. But at, from that point on, then you can proceed into, is he willing to look at things differently? And if they're at that point, is the point, he says, is the decision between the counselor and the counselee, are they going to continue? Because if there's no decision to look at the situation differently, then his comment was, I, I think we've gone as far as we can go. Yeah. And that's kind of how it is, you know. Yeah. You, you have to come to that point. That, what is that, repentance? Yeah. That's that's not to know you, change your mind. Perspective. Yeah. How we're looking at things. I keep looking at uh, the victimization, which is a big thing we have now. And to me, if you hold yourself as a victim, you're giving yourself a legal right to live in that 95%. It justifies yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you give up that victimization, that legal right to live there, you can come out of that. Yeah. You're a blind man who throws away his cloak. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a very good way yeah. to yeah. describe that. Good. Linda. The twins' birthday was yesterday, and um, 
Kristen had made their cakes and they mm. put the little the five candles on it. But in the middle of each one, they she turn. put one of those little candles that when you light it, it turns into a sparkler. Oh yeah. And that just made me think that what Sharon was talking about, when the light pierces, that's like the first time you light that. But once it's lit, it continues to oh, good. spin nice. off. It, it makes more. Yep. It does too. It does. Mm -hmm. Gosh, who could get a sermon out of a sparkler? You. Yeah. And then, and then. You. That's really good. <laughs> that is good. I like that. That, that was Holy Spirit. Yes, it Spirit was. Sharon. Well, one of the things I think, too, is with that sparkler is the sparkler illuminates. Yeah. Right, and brings light. I don't think we need to navel gaze trying to find all of it. Yes, yes. Look and let go of. I think it will illuminate when it's time for us to let go of. It. Yes, and it's mm -hmm. perfect. It's like an embroidery. It's like, it's like the eye of God is so finite. So it, he, he'll just pick that one little thing, and and it will unravel a bunch of other stuff. It's just like if you just rest in the sparkler mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And the question becomes, can I come from all of that to hear and go, I'm not going to judge myself, I'm not going to judge the moment, but I'm going to trust that enlightenment comes, truth comes, at the pace I'm ready to handle it. That's kind of what Sharon was saying. I, and you're right, I don't have to necessarily dig all of this out by incident by incident, but as I was mentioning, and I'll, and I'll reiterate, when I played that song Thursday night for the group, 20 minutes later, I have one of those instant revelations that came up, and that song triggered it, and I hadn't thought about any of that before. Ron in the corner. This, I've been waiting for the, just this moment. We've moved, I believe, to the correct location. Uh, the, uh, if Aaron were here, and I, I never remember it, but I think in the 70s, psychology is that, is that the, uh, the psychologist or, or psychiatrist or counselor the first thing we got to do is we got to dig it all up. Yeah. All. There's actual label for it. And don't go Googling it because I'm going to be done it's before It's called you collecting get done. the history. Yeah, I yeah. Know, but I that just, there's an actual. Uh, I just helped him write his paper. A, I know that that's the but next. But there's a clinical label for that process. It's it became popular, I believe, in the 70s. Okay? It is very difficult for that group or even Christian counselors to move from that. I believe it can be done. I believe the Holy Spirit can direct you. And then number one, I'm gonna get two, 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 two layers, okay? Number one, things that the Holy Spirit will bring to you, okay? But you also don't have to, he doesn't have to bring it to you with, with the 100% of the anxiety that you felt in there, in the Thank past. You. But, but the clinical thing in the 70s says you gotta do that, okay? And there's a lot of that is left over. Number two, I believe there's a level of things that are in people that are possibly so hidden, okay, and that, that by bringing it out is that, and it's also not necessary. So the Holy Spirit will show you just the amount. Mm -hmm, yeah. I go, let's go a percentage. 100% is the whole thing, so you would just feel it like it's all over again. And he can bring up 5%, 1%, 8%, and done and move on. Sure. So an exercise that yeah. he had me do this week, I like I like those big post-it notes that you can put on the wall and then write on them. 
And he asked me, what are you saying? What is the story you're saying? And I can't believe how I threw up all these things. I'm not, I'm not, I can't, it's hard, it's this, it's that. And then, like for two days, and then all of a sudden, it was like he drew a line in the sand, and he's like, that is no longer acceptable, tell a new story. And then start tell writing a new the story. Thing. Tell a new story, then start. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay, you got you guys are writing everything God's been or saying everything God's been talking to me about so this back week. To my, back to my point, just to, just to put the icing on it. Whether it's a hundred percent a thing that God shows you or it is none, you then have a choice. Okay, at a certain point to move on from that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's where. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. So, like even this morning on my way here, started to experience a little bit of tension you know it's like remnants of anxiety and in the past i would have said oh gosh here we go again but this morning i was like yes bring it on let it go and it just instead of me resisting it and going no 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 i said sure come on up come on up come on out and then let it go that's that's what that is knowing what not knowing the what caused it? Not yeah. knowing the root, not needing need to, to dig for the root, just yeah. going, okay, thank the, you, you want out, go for it. <laughs> the true drive is freedom. Linda, hang on, yes. just a second. True drive is freedom. Yeah. That's, that's what we long for. That's, we long to be who we were truly created to be and yeah. set free. Mm-hmm. Counseling drives us into some of this other stuff, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Charismatic, charismania deliverance ministry tried to pull that out of us by calling it a demon. And it did more harm than good for most people. All right, Linda. Going back to what Carol said, I'm going to go back to last week. Philippians 2.13 says... Well, 12, 12 start at 12 and go to 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to do according to his good purpose. Now, when we take that translation from the mirror, which is much better, it says, discover God himself as your inexhaustible inner source. Mm-hmm. He ignites you with the desire and the energy that mm-hmm. matches his own delight. Yeah. And that's what really got me last week was me thinking that I'm used up. There's yeah. nothing left for me to give. And then I find out that what I have is inexhaustible. And it was like ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So I was giving myself all that negativity, and I, and it didn't need to be. Yeah. Once I realized where my source was and what he was giving me. And I don't think there's a person in this room that hasn't experienced portions, if not large portions, of this earlier in life. Yeah. I would say pain is also pain. Of, pain. You know, inner uh, emotional pain. Okay. And so, if all of us have experienced a level of this, and some of it deeper than others for different people, looking at where we're at today, we can honestly say there is hope, because we've experienced release. We've experienced freedom. And for those who are still going through some of this, we don't judge them as defective or judge them as 
an idiot or judge them as less than who they truly are. We have learned not them and us anymore. We have learned compassion. We've learned mercy. Compassion and mercy are lar- and, uh, and um, unconditional love are positive emotions that pull upward from here. Does that make sense? Yes. As the more we experience unconditional love for ourselves, we can practice unconditional love towards others. The more we experience acceptance of ourselves, the more we accept others. And that takes the pressure off of them because they don't have to perform for me. Right. They don't need to perform. They don't need to put a mask on. If they want to be real about where they're at here, then I can say, I see the ray of light up here for you. And, and that's you where my... Have to deal with it all at once. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just wait till, till something comes up and then just look at it. Yes. And don't worry about it because you're perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. You're uh, absolutely correct. <clears throat> uh, the uh, Holy Spirit will, will take care of it all, okay? And we are gracious to the people that are still working. Yes, because that's our role as sons, isn't it, Ron? Yes. Let me check in with Muriel a minute. How are you doing, Muriel? Is this, you tracking this? Yeah, I'm, I'm tracking it along because I'm very interested in the subconscious and the conscious and how to, <laughs> how to uh, proceed through that maze. Cool. <laughs> I think it's a very important thing. And I think breathing is very important when it comes to that. Thank you. Awesome. We have to hide it, and and that and you shouldn't have to hide. Well, it. and that's part of what's the problem with our society, right? Exactly. exactly. Because right. because we suppressed it for so long, and now people are breaking out of this into victimization. <laughs> you know, the, Greg was talking about victimization. We we have a Western society right now that's all full of it. I'm a victim of this. You're a victim of that. And let's in our victimization tear down everything. <laughs> and then what are we going to have left? Anarchy and chaos. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not going to feel any better about myself. Who had Linda first, then Sharon. Going back, I, I, this brought me back to, I don't know, a year ago, two years, probably about the year ago, when I was dealing with the election and with what Whitmer was doing and how angry I was at that and at them and how much... Uh, there was so much uh, in me. Yeah. And it got to the point that that was comfortable. I didn't like it, but it was still comfortable. Mm-hmm. And when I, I asked God to bring me out of that. And when he started to do that, I resisted, you know, because it gets so comfortable that you resist the release that he's trying to give you. But isn't it great that he never gives up on you? Yes. Yeah. Just, that brought yes. me back yes. to that. And today... You know, Whitmer's still a jerk, in my opinion. But but bless her heart. But bless her heart. God loves her. Bless you know? And, and, yeah, no, I hear. And, and instead of Biden being a jerk, which he is, but he can't help it because he's sick. Yeah. And so I feel empathy for that <laughs> and what's going on. So there's a whole, yeah. whole thing there. Yeah. Good job, Linda. Sharon, did you have your hand up? Well... I don't know. So what I so I was like what we were talking about. One of the things that's coming to me is that, you know, right now I'm seeing protests all the way around the world, and I'm finding great hope in that. And I was like you, but for some reason, 
I'm feeling great hope in these people all around the country and the world rising up and saying enough. And it's causing a resistance, so more of what they're against is going to come. And yet, at the same time, I feel like it's an awakening. No, I, th- I understand what you're saying. There's a collective consciousness. You can define collective consciousness in a lot of different scenarios, one of which is the church, tradition, the, even the, the religious community church. The 41,000. The 41,000. You can define it Democrat, Republican, anything you put a label on that a group of people flock to have a collective consciousness, okay? And that sometimes that collective consciousness will reinforce here these negatives the, below the line, below the, below the level of good uh, emotions. You get reinforced. I can't tell you how many times... I felt shame and fear and guilt and condemnation in the evangelical church. But what I'm seeing in this group, and I might be seeing not right because I'm not just watching it all the time or hearing what they're saying, but I almost feel like they're rising out of that victimization. Oh, sure. Because it can be for good, too. Like an awakening. Yes. I don't quite understand because they're standing against or coming. So what what we've learned is if we push against something, we get more of it. Mm-hmm. But yet, I don't see that. I kind of see a hope and a rising up and a um, stepping out of an into, and I don't know how that plays into what we've learned. You yeah. see a sparkler. Well, there's, oh, a sparkler. There's two sides. There's the standing against what they're doing, or they're standing for our freedoms. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're standing for. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's why. Maybe yes. that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Why, maybe that's why there's. There's movement. a cry for freedom, and it's a vision. It's an icon. It's a focus of people for freedom. freedom. Yes, yeah. those are the symbols that show that you're not having freedom, but but freedom is the cry. Yeah. 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 Let, and let me before I go back to Linda here. One of the things I, was, I started meditating on this week, if one of us could put a thousand to flight, two of us could send the, the legions yeah. fleeing. That really is, if one of us ponders unconditional love and releasing it, how much more powerful if a legion of us do that? All right, Linda. Could you do me a favor? I don't know. It just, it just All of that, the 95% is living below the line. Can you make a line there? No, I'm going to let you come up and do it. This is the Don Keithley teaching, above the line, below the line, from a while back, from year, about three years ago. But that's, what, that's where we she are. We're below the line here. When, when, is that where we want to live? This is below the emotional line of health, for sure. Yeah. Because this drags us, our health down. This drags our energy levels down. Right. So, so there, but there is an alternative, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But a lot of this as we learned last week, is programmed before age six or seven. Sharon, you want to come up? Is that what? I do. But hand I it, hand it. You want a different color? No, I don't want this part, but what I saw was you had this thing like this. This is the old story. Okay. It has to go away. Here's a new story. And this is who I am in Christ. Okay. And then it's like all these words, I am this, 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 I am this. And you're writing a new story that echoes out here and starts creating this brand new life. Huh? The I am tree. Yeah, and it sounds like it reflects first, you know, like, so you're gifting. So some of us are talkers, some of us are doers. And so this reflection of who I am in Christ comes through our expression. And then it's 
it affects everything. Now I like that. And the old story, that the things were, uh, is the stuff on the backside. The, the that ninety five percent subconscious runs in the old story. But there's something about that sound. Yes, I like that. I want to play this song a minute because I want because as we're in that mode of reflecting upon all of these negative <laughs> things, how much of it started before six? And then how much of it gets amped up by life experiences? Trauma amps it up. Broken relationships amps it up. Mm-hmm. Along the way, if I'm and, and I and I almost have the sense is like this stuff before six, seven pre-programs us to receive the amped up differently. Uh, yes. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Uh, no? Say it again, please. Sure. Bruce Lipton said last week, you know, children before seven, before they reach the, the age of consciousness or whatever, yeah. all of this stuff comes at them and they just accept it as true. And it goes into the subconscious and it pre-programs. But it also predisposes you then as for certain events in life to reinforce that and amp it up, yeah. the consequences yeah, of it. it. Okay. And so I want to, I just want to play this song. So Ron, if you, this is Harry Chapin. And it's called Flowers Are Red. The little boy went the first day of school. He got some crayons and he started to draw. He put colors all over the paper. All colors was what he saw. And the teacher said, what you doing, young man? I'm painting flowers, he said. She said, it's not the time for art, young man. And anyway, flowers are green and red. They're the time for everything, young man. And the way it should be done. You've got to show concern for everyone else, for you're not the only one. And she said, flowers are red, young man. And green leaves are green. There's no need to see flowers any other way than the way they always have been seen. But the little boy said, There are so many colors in the rainbow, so many colors in the morning sun, so many colors in the flower, and I see every one. said, you're sassy, there's ways that things should be, and you'll paint flowers the way they are, so repeat after me, and she said, flowers are red, young man, and green leaves are green, there's no need to see flowers any other way than the way they always have been seen, but the little boy said, there are so many colors in the rainbow, so many colors in the morning sun, so many colors in the flower, and I see everyone. The teacher put him in a corner, she said it's for your own good. And you won't come out till you get it right And are responding like you should Well, finally 
out lonely Trading cough filled his head And he went up to the teacher And this is what he said And he said Flowers are red And green leaves are green There's no need to see flowers any other way Than the way they always have been seen It always does And they moved to another town And the little boy went to another school And this is what he found The teacher there was smiling She said painting should be fun And there were so many colors in the flower Oh, let's use every one But that little boy painted flowers In each rose of green and red Asked him why This is what he said And he said Flowers are red And green leaves are green There's no need to see flowers any other way Than the way they always have been seen Switch it back. The new teacher. Yeah. How many of you can identify with that song? I identify, Greg, Sharon. I mean, wow. And I can be real, right? I played this Thursday night, and this is all Stuart's fault. Because Wednesday we're having we're having coffee and this song pops into my head. And, and so then Thursday, I'm prompted to play this song on Thursday night group. And I get up when, when group's over, and I got to take care of some business. So I get up, and I leave the room. And while I'm taking care of business, Holy Spirit says, that's your first grade teacher. And I went, O-M-G. And it, parts of that flooded back. Now, a few years ago, that would have crushed me. <laughs> but I've been learning how to release things. And I immediately released those, that sense of, OMG, I let it go. But then Holy Spirit showed me, here's the best part, Sharon, my third grade teacher was the, the new teacher. And she took me and another guy under her wing and nurtured us in third grade, took us fishing, did all kinds of stuff. And then she became our fourth grade teacher. So I had Two years of the good teacher to help undo that negative impact. Oh, that is so cool. And I'm just sitting there, and I started categorizing or not cataloging how that impact of my fear of that first grade teacher really did have a long term ripple effect. And so much so that I still remember her name. Yeah. Go figure. 
I, I, I have a question. Do you remember the third and fourth grade? I do. She was, she was single in third grade, got married, so I remember her maiden name and her yeah. married name. What I, was saying, what I was sharing, Linda, is that f- f- teacher that's all red, green and red was my first grade teacher, and God brought that back to me and began to show me some things about that. Well, and having listened to this now the second time, it hit me, and I wrote this down, and I said to myself, when did I stop seeing the colors? Yes. Yeah. You see, as children, in that, in that, those first years, we see all the colors of the rainbow, but then religion comes, or life comes, or parents, and circumstances, and things that we have no control over, and those colors gradually get thrown out one at a time until we can only see the one color. Yeah. But then when we come back to our source and to Christ, it dawned on me, there was that time, but now with grace, I'm beginning to see all the colors again. Yeah. What, what was the name of that? Do you remember that book where society starts to all do everything the same, and pretty soon they lose the ability to see color? And then there's always this one person who's, carries on all the memories and so do you guys know that book it's not andromeda strain is no it? no it actually made it into a movie it was all black and white and then they, and then the, the, and then in the very end that person who was carrying on the you know um all the memories saw a little girl walking and she, her apple was red oh. and it, it started to he started to see color again. Yeah. You know, I can't remember yeah. the name of that book. See, and one of the impacts of my experience of that first grade teacher was I developed a sense that I didn't belong in, in, in the timeline I was living in. For 40 plus years, I walked around thinking I was born in a generation too late or a generation too early. I didn't fit. How did that play into that? Something happened there, and I can't tell you what it was, but something happened that I felt like I didn't belong. And that mushroomed over the years. Mm -hmm. Even the third grade and fourth grade teacher taking an interest didn't undo that sense that I didn't belong here. And that you were somehow flawed. Yeah. And so, you know, I was in early 2000s, when I was doing a session through Set Free Ministry, where it suddenly hit me that verse, you were born for such a time as this. And I went, whoa. Up until then, everything was black and white, crystal, it it was rigid. And then all of a sudden it starts colors start coming back. And you have told us many times that you don't necessarily like change. Yep. Or, you know, um, and so maybe that's just kind of related to that. Yeah. yeah. And so as I have developed now a sense of me belonging, I understand I'm loved. I understand that even if I make a mistake, God is not jettisoning me, nor is he punishing me. And as I began to see more of me as such a time as this, as a son of God, a lot of this has dissipated in my life. Mary. And when you're no longer afraid of change, you are allowing yourself to be creative. 
Yes. And co-creation is our purpose. Yes. Yes. Or one of them. And going to being in a, such a time as this and being me is courage, which is a positive emotion. Joshua says, be strong and courageous over and over, right? And, you know, a willingness. We talked about that. Willingness is actually a positive aspect. I am willing to look at change. I am willing to experience change because God has nothing but the best for me. Why not let that change me? And creativity is full of mistakes and change. And, I mean, you, if you don't dare to have a mistake, you're, you can't be creative. Yeah. You've got all those happy little mistakes. There's all the things happy yeah. little mistakes. Bob Ross. Happy little tree here with a happy little river. Love, joy, peace. Did you say something, Muriel? I yep. said Bob Ross. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, and I'm looking, I'm reading, Carol and I are reading this book together, and it's called Healing and Recovery by Dr. David R. Hawkins. Guy was a physical wreck. I mean, he was a mess. If, if there was a medical label for it, he probably had it. And to the point he should have been dead. But he started realizing that these negative emotions were playing in his life so much that it was sucking all the positive energy out of him, and this was killing him. Sucking life. Sucking life right out of him. And he describes like, and we're going to cover this off and on over the next couple of weeks, but he labels on a, on a score from zero to a thousand, like shame is, is an energy level of 20. So if you're living in shame, your, your energy level is so low, you're barely alive. And guilt, 30. Apathy, hatred, 50. Grief, 75. Fear, 100. Desire, 125. Anger, 150. Pride, 175. And all of those he calls levels of falsehood. Of what? Levels of falsehood. Because they're not who you are. False personality. False personality, lies. Masks. Masks. And all, all of those are below 200. For him, the line was two, is 200. Below that, you're dying. You're going to open yourself up to all kinds of sickness and disease. But above the line... Courage, 200. Neutrality, 250. Willingness, 310. Acceptance, 350. Reason, 400. Love, 500. Joy, 540. Peace, 600. Enlightenment, 700 to 1,000. And, and all of that, and there's other components which I want to cover in a few weeks. But the higher you go on that scale, the higher your energy level and the more positive your energy level. And he even says at a point, when you hit unconditional love and, can, and experience that, you can release healing and life into others. And you can influence the collective consciousness towards life, a greater dimension of freedom. Mary. Can I use your pen? You may. You want oh, black, no, blue, I, red, or green? Uh, let's use red. Okay. Let's use green. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do this. You can erase if you need to. I, I need this. Um, I want to talk about the energy that you were talking about in the, uh, that scripture that hit me also very hard last week. 
what happens with our energy is this this is how our, we have an energy flow. I'm trying to figure out where to start. We have an energy flow. Niels, Niels Bohr, who was the uh, Nobel Prize laureate uh, who discovered quantum physics, said if you are not totally shaken to the core by the concept of, of quantum physics, you don't understand it. And what he talks about a lot is how everything is truly made of energy. And he's proven it many times over. We have a hard time getting our head around it, but this is a perfect example of what happens when our energy is misdirected in our bodies and how important it is for us to keep the flow of energy correct in our bodies. And so uh, in some of the mystical um, some of the mystical religions have things that they call chakras, which now scientifically they have looked at them and they've discovered that there's actually an energy center where those uh, they, they graft it. And they've had machines that actually graph it and they know where that energy goes and how it flows. And so there are energy levels. One starts here, one starts right around your belly button, one starts just underneath, right where you, you know, if you get socked in the solar plexus, one is in your heart, one is in your throat, one is the pineal gland, and one is the top of your head. And then another one that the mystics never learned because they didn't have the graphs to watch it, there's one right up here. And that is um, another energy center that connects you to the unified field of energy, which I call the Father. We are in Christ. Mm -hmm. What happens here is that, okay, so we have this body, right? We have all these energy centers. We have one here, and then we have the unified field, which is the Father. We are in Christ. What happens when, and this is what I wanted to bring up, what happens when we start to live in these fields? We are all surrounded by an energy field. Uh, it's about as far out as our arms. It's, I mean, just trust me, there is science that shows this is not mystical anything. This is science. What happens when we start to incorporate these low and these vibrations? They actually can <laughs> register the vibrations. They look like this of that. When and what those do is they suck the energy out of your your field that's around you. So you used to have a field that was this big, and then it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And you get weaker and weaker mm -hmm. and weaker. Mm -hmm. So he gives us the energy, right? He being so Father. We don't need to have this taken out. Yeah. We have the energy of Father. Yeah. And he keeps this clear, and we can deal with this stuff. He's in us, and we're in him. Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good, Mary. Very good. Can I add to that? Come on, girl. So the, the chakras, too, 
the energy that flows out of the individual chakras also flow to certain organs that yes. we have. Absolutely. Which is where, like, you can even see where if you're misaligned in a certain chakra, you may have some sickness and disease or something in a certain area of your body. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where this is, and I don't know how I know this, but I think in the Word, somewhere it talks about our organs actually produce emotion. Mm, which is true. Well, yeah, whatever, right. Well, this study that I've been doing, this particular doctor says each area has its own brain, its own energy center, its own nerve connections, which service different hormones and also motivate the thalamus to create certain hormones at certain times. So um, when we're talking about, we have the heart here, we have the lower, these are the body um, energy centers, and these are the divinity ones. We have the heart is the center. Everything goes up to the heart. It goes processes through the heart. And then it goes up to the throat. You're speaking. Then we go up to the pineal gland, which is in the back of your head, right there. And then it goes up to the throne room, where I call it the throne room, because that's where I meet Papa. And then it has the quantum field up there, and then we have the whole universal field around us. I have a question. Yeah. So I have been thinking and wondering if, you know, when the when the word talks about opening up your gates? Yes. I've been thinking that those, I've been wondering if those are our gates. Yeah, I always think about this as being, in fact, when I'm doing, a, I'm doing a meditation now called the blessing of the energy centers. So I focus on each one of these, and then it's just, I just feel better throughout the day. But when I envision that one, I envision a door, I envision like a church door, and I open it, and then I let the Spirit of God come in and touch me. And just as we're, as we're dealing with each energy center, we're thinking about it and we're blessing it, and we're asking God to have him minister to each of our organs and all of the things that are associated with it. So I, we've been doing this for a few days. So I went and took a nap yesterday, 1 o'clock. We usually lay down for a little while. And... All of a sudden, I just start crying. I'm like, what the heck? And I'm just laying there, and I'm just, because I've gone really tuned in. I know where all these are. I spend a ton of time. I'm very aware, let's just put it that way. And I'm feeling this pain in my heart, right? And I'm remembering, it's going to make me cry, but... I'm remembering the pain I felt to have my son so sick for yeah. 10 years. And I forgot all about all that. Mm-hmm. I was never even thinking about that. That's like my son is happy. He's happily married. I mean, God has just worked it together for good. But uh, it was so heavy. It was huge. And then I had that choice. I could say, oh, I don't want to look at this. I want to take a nap. And, but I, instead, I just laid there, and then I just let as much of it as I could bear. Like you said, you know, it doesn't all have to come out at once. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I didn't even remember I had that, 
and then it was sitting in my heart, and and I'm interested in making sure that the, the Spirit of God flows through me completely. Mm-hmm. And then you get blockages like that. We're, and, and it was just like, well, what happened was I was laying there, and I said, I felt like somebody was there. I said, well, who's there? Kind of in my head. And it, God said, or the Holy Spirit said, don't worry, I'm the comforter. Mm. I'm here. Mm. I'm here, and I, I want to deal with this thing in your heart if you want. Mm. So anyway, that sounds kind of creepy. No, it doesn't. Yeah, no. But so I, I let him. I let him do that. And I cried. And it hurt. And it was okay, because I let it go. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I think the process is like, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, you'll feel that. You'll feel. You'll feel hurt here. Well, I don't know what all those chakras are supposed to represent. I know some of them are creativity. Some I would love to do some studying on yeah. that. I don't know yeah. what all those energy centers really represent, yeah. but I know the heart took hold of that one. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And and you were ready. Yeah, I was. I'm. I'm working hard at being ready. Yeah, you know. You, yeah. So, Sharon, been, Sharon, just just for your, there are there are scriptures that talk about men's hearts failing because of fear. Yeah. Okay. So there is something connected to that. If you stay in a prolonged state of fear, it does cause a deterioration of the heart and can even cause a heart attack. And I think it talks about the bowels. And yeah, it does. Yeah. But I love that what God did with Mary because again she wasn't navel gazing looking for anything. She was just yeah ready and he brought it up because yeah. he knew that she was ready. And what I love about what he did is even though we're in Christ and Christ is in it us and there's no outside God, he showed up in a physical way to go, I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, we can do this together and mm-hmm. you know and just comfort her through that process. Yeah, it I kind of freaked that. me out. It's kinda of like who's there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know. So, Mary. Yeah. The fact that you're you you told us that, but you started to cry in the, in mentioning it. Where does that place that memory, that feeling? Is it it's still in the process of being removed, or it's because you had such a strong emotion today? You had a strong emotion yesterday when you had it. It more so it's still there in the memory of it. It's not. I think that it's been released. I let him. I let him take it. It's just. It was a big deal. Yeah. Do you feel? I have. I have one of those very strong feelings. I know exactly what you're talking about. When I go back and think about the time when my son was burned very badly, and I can go down that road, and it brings it all back. Yep. And I. 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 I think time. Maybe that softens things. I don't know, but. I just, I try not to go down that path, but sometimes you just get dragged down it and <laughs> go through it all. So it, it, it would well, just be like interesting. I, it. I feel like God put his finger on an area that was keeping his, mm-hmm. um, his energy, his love, his spirit from flowing through me. It was, it was a blockage. And that I felt like he was saying to me, I, I can get rid of this and you don't even know it's there. But I can get rid of it. So I can sit and talk to you about it now, and I'm not feeling like I'm holding back tears. But just in rehearsing it and telling you about it, yes, it did It did touch me, but um, not in the same way as experiencing the pain itself. No. Yeah, I guess it's still fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the memory. If you're feeling also overwhelmed with love, 
and mm-hmm. care. Huh? And he is so yeah. loving towards your I, individuality. I have to agree. Yeah. That could be. Yeah. That yeah. that was stunning to me because yeah. I wasn't wow. even thinking about that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, Not yeah. conscious, but your subconscious had it. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. So we don't know when something is going to come up. Right. In the old days, I would try to suppress it, mm-hmm. push it down, because right. I didn't want to change. I didn't want to look at that. How much energy did that take? It took a lot of energy. Well, and when we do that, that's I I I, I call it. It comes out your ears. That <laughs> that is what fuels the passive aggressive behavior because you're pushing stuff down yeah. you push it down you push it down. it's got to come out somewhere yeah. i say it comes out your ears and then it affects everybody around you greg if you, if you want a, an example of this biblical read the psalms read david's psalms and you will find a pattern of him taking those 95 percent things and bitching to god why have you done this? And why did this happen? And why is this? And why am I stuck in this cave? And then he he comes to this place where he starts turning things around. He says, but God. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out rejoicing. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of psalms that that's just what they are. It's I take the bad things and I take them to God. And for some reason, I come back and I rejoice. I because come back rejoicing. I know. I know. You know that my redeemer lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's good. That's very good. It so, does. Could you come back rejoicing? Yeah. So I watched a couple of the chosen things the other day with my sister, and there's this one where um, Mary Magdalene, you know, she's like whatever, and then God comes up and He calls her by name, and He huh? says Mary, and that changed everything for her because He called her by name right. and He knew her heart, and it feels like that's like what he does to each of us and to you like calls us by name and he knows us and there's something really I feel like powerful and intimate in that name Mm -hmm. calling us by name and knowing that he knows us better than we know ourselves yeah that's good yep that's good next week I want to work off of this this is an excellent example of some things that I have in my heart that I want to share so how are you guys doing? Let me. How are you feeling right now? Great. Anybody feeling burdened? Because it can be a burdensome thing to look at some of this. But my encouragement is let it come up and let him speak his love into that. And you don't have to, I mean, you don't have to go digging. I think Sharon was right. We don't go digging. But we also can change our, our vocabulary mm-hmm. where right. I can't is now I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, when I was in my earlier days, I can't do that. I can't do that. In my non-creative mode, I can't do anything. And can't became one of my favorite words. And then when I overcompensated, well, I can do that. I can do that. Then no became a forgotten word. <laughs> but somewhere in the middle God goes I love you that's never going to change and if you choose to not experience it that's okay because it doesn't change the fact he still loves you Uh nor does it mean he isn't going to 
keep trying to have you experience it. I think what Mary experienced was an ultimate act of love yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was one of those moments in time when God said, let me show you how much I care. I think you're ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But until we get to the point where we feel like we're ready, he's going to respect that that could overwhelm us and blow us away. And so he's going to look he's going to look at where we're at right now and just say I love you. Mm-hmm. Peace. I may not be able in the midst of a stressful moment ex- experience that peace immediately, but it is coming. I have more peace today than I had 5 years ago. And it's becoming second nature in a sense that it is who I am. It's coming out of me. I saw that kind of Sharon is that because I always have something to say, and I'm always thinking, do I really need to? <laughs> yeah, because I love all well, your let's, stuff. Let's say it this way, sure. Go ahead and say it. If I don't like it, I'll cut it out of the tape. <laughs> so, that the Lord's been showing me is he's like, he told me, he's like, stop trying so hard. Yeah. Just relax and enjoy. The whole purpose is to enjoy each other's company yeah. and mm-hmm. to let it unfold. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I like that. So yeah. just, it takes all of that, like, it's just grace and peace to you. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, yeah. Yeah. And if I were to sit down one-on-one and probe deeply with each one of you, most of us would have, have, would have an experience when we were solo. We were in survival mode. We didn't like ourselves. We didn't like God. We didn't like the world. And, and we, all we could see is the futility of our existence. I think most of us have had that. Somewhere along the line, in the midst of that, he breaks through. Incrementally sometimes, huge ways sometimes. I'm not going to put him in a box for anybody. But if I trust that he does that for everyone. I can't predict the timetable. I don't want to predict the timetable. Mm-hmm. But I do know things like a song that you're prompted <laughs> to to bring up is something to pay attention to. I do know a prophetic word is something to pay attention to when God speaks. At that at that moment, there's something in that, and in between all of that, there's just a myriad of ways that I trust mm-hmm. He speaks, and He's always speaking love. He's always speaking identity. He's always speaking. You belong now. And healing. And healing. Yeah. Whenever he speaks, it has to have a healing component because he is the God of He is the God of restoration. He's the God of reconciliation. He's the God of healing. Everything he does flows from that kind of character. So when we're sons of God next week, we're going to be talking about if that's God's character, where am I? I titled last last week's message when I put it up online, how do I fit in this timeline or this generation? That's my sort of my paraphrase. But how do I fit in the now? How do I fit in this world? I think that's how I, how do I fit in this world? Because I know I fit today. I know it. I know it. You can't take that away from me. And whether I'm speaking to one or I'm speaking to seven or I'm speaking to 11 or I'm speaking to a thousand, I fit here. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who I'm speaking to because I fit. Greg. Just one thought is you said we don't have to go and dig the 95% out of it. 
And it just made me chuckle because I said, I know I don't have to because there are so many other people that want to be my It's funny, but it's true. You're right. And they, they, they want to put it in your face. And they, they mask it as biblical thought. And you have to learn what you said at the end. You have to learn that's Father's voice. Yeah. That, and that's your voice. You know, so I don't have to listen to you. Yeah. It could be a false voice of love that you have to have the discernment for. Yeah. Yeah. But there's always enough people. Yeah. So, so let me bring this to an end this way. I, I'm not. I don't want to do worship today. I just don't feel like it's going to add to to what we're talking about. So I'm going to let that go today. You probably thought you'd never hear that, right? But I just feel like there's been so much truth spoken, and it's in the air, and I just want you to just let it resonate, okay? And, and it may be hard at times to, to let some of that resonate, but in the end, the outcome is pure, and it's, and it's good. So last-minute thoughts from anyone before we shut off Zoom, starting with Muriel. Now, starting with Muriel, anything? Um, not really. It's okay. kind of dotting down notes, but... I think everything that we've learned up till now is helping us to learn to live in the now. And it's, a, it's been such a great progression all the way from breathing and just letting God bring up the things and, and, let, and dealing with them. And like, like Mary said, that was, that was very, very profound. Mm -hmm. So I, I just love the flow today. It was, it was, uh, it's always progression. And I appreciate that from all of you. Well, we appreciate you very much. Norman, any thoughts from you? I had this thought going on. Hey, how many Energizer batteries do I need for all the body parts? <laughs> you need eight, and they need to be lithium. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Solar powered. There you go. That's good. Mary, just briefly again, talk about Tell me about the heart thing to the throat thing. Well, the heart is the mediator between the body, which is the lower three energy centers, the perineum, the um, abdomen, and the solar plexus. And then comes the heart. And the heart processes information from the top, or the energy. It does a transmission thing. Then it goes up to the throat, which is the your expression, your sense of expression. So, and like I told you i have not studied what all these energy centers service and i'm real interested to know what they do because i think that would really help me when i'm when i'm doing that prayer you know but the heart is the center for emotion and love and care and it processes the energy from the divinity, the top part is the divinity out of the heart the mouth speaks the mouth speaks yes okay that's right. good. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's but right. um, when I fo am focusing on blessing my my throat or that center, which he calls center number five, he gives them a number. Center number five, I am focusing on apples of gold and bowls of silver, and words fitly spoken. And those are the that's the kind of energy I am focusing on on my throat when I'm blessing my throat because those are the kinds of expressions I want to have come out of. Are you getting this out of a book? Is there a book we can I'm we're just doing we we study all the time. Okay. So 
you know, many. Give, give us give us a minute and we can give you a list. <laughs> Sharon. Um, just a thought is that, again, what we're going through, we made it like it takes courage and it's going to be hard. But maybe that's the wrong perspective and the mm-hmm, story right. that we're telling ourselves. What if it's beautiful and mm-hmm. precious and, and all intimate. of that? And, what if it's not really courageous? Maybe it's an adventure and an excitement yeah. when we're facing change or going through mm-hmm. this. Just yeah. a different way to nice. process. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's good. like a good marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ being the head and then the body. And it's just that intimacy mm-hmm. of working things through, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming over to Curlis Gallery side. Yeah, the Curlis Any thoughts? Gallery. To me, when we were talking about all of the lower emotions and things. Yeah. talking about getting someone to agree that they will get into it. it. It goes back to, I think, before that, to just getting people to agree that there may be some possibility beyond what they know at the present time, and then leading in to the other and into awareness of, of mm. what's going on with them. So I, that's kind of the overarching thing that cool. I was looking at today. That's mm. good. Sharon, you want to jump in with anything? Sure. The experience, your personal experience that you shared in the song was personal to me. Okay. Your teacher and the little boy's first teacher is miserable also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's teaching how to be miserable. Mm. Out of her and, misery. Oh, wow. And, and, uh-huh. I'm not so sure it stops at age six or seven no. because teachers go all the way through 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm telling you, they're out there and they're protected by tenure. Mm-hmm. Your third and fourth grade teacher knew that. Mm. She's in the lounge with her, okay? And I wouldn't be surprised if the other little boy she took under her wing had her also mm-hmm. at one point. So there is damage control to some extent, what they are able to do, but it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. And it affects Yeah. Yes. I mean, I know of things that happened to me in school. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Here we are. Yeah, it's good. Thanks for sharing that. Anything from Greg? Last minute. Not thoughts. a word. Not a word. <laughs> Carol. At the beginning, you asked, you know, what what we got out of the video you showed last <clears throat> week, and I keep hearing this, and in it, what Sharon shared with me again, I keep hearing this. It's like we can change those programs. We have yes. the power within us to change those programs, that programming. And that is the hope. That is the, that is a, ah, I don't have to wait for an outside God to decide, okay, you've you've begged enough, I will change this program for you. No, the inside God and me together, we change those programs. And that's... The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Mm -hmm. Mary. Okay, this is another thought that started coming to me. I thought, God, do you really want to go there? <laughs> but then, this is what started to go in my in my head. It was about the Mount of Transfiguration, when the disciples who were with Jesus said, 
they said that Elijah was going to come. I forget how it goes. Something about Elijah was going to come before the end or before the, I forget what, what the goal was. But he said Elijah has come in reference to John the Baptist and is still coming. Mm -hmm. Right? And then would come the revelation of the Christ or something like that. And I thought, that's the place of prophecy in the church today. Because the prophecies that come today are the exhortation prophecies. They come and they will put the finger on you and say, something happened at such and such a time. And your people are going to be able to start to deal with the things. And you won't even know them. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to just come and give them a word of encouragement. Mm -hmm. God wants you to know he sees that thing. And he's... He's, you know, whatever. I just really feel like that's the power of the prophetic today. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, it, and it's, Christ talked about it. Yes, John the Baptist mm -hmm. precursed the coming of the Christ, but this is, but he said, Elijah is still coming. Yes, that's good. To go along with what she said, those uh, little circles on there where God said, I am, I am, I am. He was showing me like the prophetic words, the prophetic Ooh. actually echoes that and actually validates that yeah. and is calling that. It should, they, they mirror each other. Yeah. It's almost like the prophetic comes before you even realize it. But then when you see it, then you see the prophetic. It's good. Yeah. It's good. I don't know. It's awesome. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's end the tape.